One of the biggest challenges that my clients struggled with at the start was that they just didn't feel motivated. What I have since learned is that almost all direct sellers try to motivate themselves with money. When I do this, I'll make $200 a month. But there's a huge problem with this. 85% of direct sellers are not motivated by money. If motivation has been a struggle for you, then you'll want to attend Money Doesn't Motivate Me webinar. It's happening Wednesday, November 17th of 2021 at 7 p.m. Central. It's totally free and we'll cover how I learned of this motivation mismatch, why using the wrong motivator doesn't work, and how to find your primary and secondary motivators. Just go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com forward slash motivation to reserve your spot in the webinar. And yes, it will be recorded, but only those who are registered will get the recording link. Again, the link is badassdirectsalesmastery.com forward slash motivation. Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I am your host, Jenny Bellinger, your direct sales dom, helping you whip your business into shape. Today, I have with me, I'm not even kidding you guys when, when I say this, one of my favorite human beings who I'm either not related to or living with, his name is Alex Onderud. And I was lucky enough to meet this guy the day after I became a certified professional coach. And that's why I remember when I met him is because it was literally the day after I got my certification. And having him in my life has been a huge blessing. And I knew I needed to share him with all of you because what you guys heard on last week's episode from Dr. Tony Alessandro gave you an overview of the disc. And what Alex did for me is he took me into something that I call deeper than disc. He calls it, you don't know disc. And disc, 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 people, this is what you need to know. But Alex is phenomenal. So Alex, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be here today. Of course. Thank you so much for making the time. I'm excited. We always have fun with these conversations. Oh my gosh. Way too much fun. So let's get started. How did you get into the the world of DISC? So I actually started off, I've got a background as an engineer supporting experimental flight tests for Boeing in the U.S. military. And while I was working as an engineer, I started studying something called NLP, neurolinguistic programming. And I started, well, it helped me understand why certain things went well and certain things didn't based upon communication structure. So flash forward going really well, being very successful as an engineer, really started to get promoted, travel a lot for Boeing there, flying me all over because I could fix pretty much any situation. They didn't know how I did it. And I became a certified quit smoking specialist. And my very first client was not successful. So she came in, I have a money back guarantee and found out the reason why she was still smoking was because her six-year-old goddaughter had been killed by a stray bullet in Baltimore. Mm. 
She couldn't say her name. Hour and a half later, she was laughing and telling me stories about Isabel. Give me a big hug. Said, thank you for giving me my memories back. And I went from there, I started to go into that therapy realm. So I started working with PTSD, suicidal depression, doctors who were literally on the verge of killing themselves, working with soldiers, working. I was one of 100 mental health providers for the Vegas shooting victims. Mm. And during that time, I really started to understand more about people. How do they work? But I still had that background kind of as an engineer. And one of my buddies went down to an Eric Thomas event down in Jamaica. And he had these profiles. He's like, what are these things? So he brought them back. He says, I don't know what these are, but I think you could do them better. And I go, okay, I'll find out what they are. So found out it was a company called Intermetrics. They have their certification out. And I talked to my buddy. He got me on a plane, flew out there, got certified. And it just completely changed everything because the profile, and this is what we're going to be discussing, the profile really was my introduction. I understood how to read people. It was a gift of mine. The profiles allowed me to quantify it, which then all of a sudden, now instead of being able to go, this is what I see, now I can show you on paper what I see, and I can use engineering to be able to streamline it to make it more efficient, which is how I've created my hiring model, all of my different employment models, my communication, my leadership models, all of those have been built because I've been able to take the intangible assets and make them tangible. Mm. Now, for, for the direct sales listener... Why is DISC something that they should be aware of? So in a previous life, I taught a class called Direct Sales Magic. And it was a really cool class teaching people how to communicate and adapt their communication to different people. And I had people from probably five or six different network marketing companies. We went mall walking. And I'd say, okay, well, tell me a little bit about your company. I'd walk up, talk to a complete stranger, get their contact information, come back. And when they asked me, how did I do it? It was because I could see the small cues, understand what it is. The more you understand the spectrum. So people see DISC as a classification, but if you see it as a spectrum, you know how to adapt your communication based upon the person that's standing in front of you. And the more easily you can adjust your communication, the better response you're going to get from the people. So the more that you understand DISC, the easier sales is going to be, the easier it's going to be for you to lead your team, the easier influence you're going to have in getting people to take action, to be able to get them to move. When you have resistance, you're able to overcome objections easier. When you understand what they're really objecting to, because their objections are driven not just by their DISC, but by their motivation and how they're filtering information. And so understanding the human psychology and how it works is going to make you be able to promote faster, get the vacations, get the sustainability and regular monthly performance, and really being able to create the residual income you're wanting because your clients like you enough that they stay with you and keep your product or service so you can build that residual income that creates freedom. Mm. Now, I know every one of them, I, 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 can, I can literally energetically feel it and it hasn't happened yet. Every listener's ears just perked up and went, that's exactly what I want. So how do I do it? What do I do? Well, if you haven't listened to the Dr. Tony Alessandro's overview of DISC, that's a great starting point. Go back and listen to last week's episode and get that overview of what the DISC is, because I'm not going to waste your time by going over that again, right? Because he gave a great, really basic introductory DISC overview, which is fantastic. So what you and I have been working on all summer and now all fall has been what you call you don't know DISC and what I call deeper than DISC on, on my thing. So it's the same assessments, right? 
So why do we need to go deeper than DISC? Why isn't DISC by itself enough? So DISC in and of itself, it measures behavioral tendencies in four categories. People, pay, problems, people, pace, and procedure. And it looks at how people interact along the spectrum in those categories. But the thing is, is that it only measures behavioral tendencies, which often when there's any traumatic event, anything that shifts, even if they're just having a bad day, people behave differently at different times. So going deeper than DISC is really taking it from what the classification is to go, you're a D, you're an I, or whatever that label is, to understand that, that that's fluid and can be affected by baggage, motivation, how you're feeling, which then allows you to look at some of the deeper level stuff because the assessments that we use also look at intrinsic motivators and how people filter information. So the DISC is great for understanding how people tend to behave, but the keyword in there is A, behave, which is adaptable, and B, tend, which means it's not fixed, it's flexible. So you have to understand the person sitting across from you and the more language you have on the spectrums from all aspects of personality, the more you have where you can go, I see where you are and I can meet you there. Right, exactly. And so with the DISC assessment that you trained me on, actually the, the trio of assessments, so it includes the DISC, which gives the behaviors the second piece is the values index or values assessment and then the attributes index, correct? So let's let's dig into a little bit of the values then piece. How does how does that fit in with that disc behavior? So in NLP, there's something that are called values. Values are a deep unconscious programming that helps us see kind of what's important to us. It's how we evaluate the time that was spent. Was it worthwhile or not? Now, every person has their own individual label for what their values are, but the values index takes those labels and it puts it into seven distinct buckets. And if you understand the buckets, you can start to listen for languaging and know how do you adapt your communication based upon these buckets. So if, can I go ahead and dive into some of these different? Yeah. Okay. So the seven categories that we use in our assessment is aesthetic which is form, harmony, whether or not things are getting along, if it's fair for everybody, it's kind of got that energy. Economic is what's in it for me. Now, a lot of people think it's money, but it's not just money. Economic is being the best, being able to go what's in it for me, reward, incentive, competition. So there can be people who have a high economic drive, but actually aren't motivated by money. But when you understand what that spectrum is, you can talk on a couple of different things to find that motivator. Individualistic is about being able to stand out, be unique, separate from the crowd. Political, not about politics, but political is about team, where economic is what's in it for me, political is what's in it for my team. It's about leadership, responsibility. Altruistic is helping people for the sake of helping people. Regulatory is if there's not systems or processes, making sure there are systems and processes in place. And theoretical is learning for the sake of learning. So where a lot of times this comes into play is inside of, let's say, a network marketing company. I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like talking about network marketing right now. Sure. In a network marketing company, you get somebody who is a low C because one of the reasons why they're getting out of a large corporation is they don't like to be controlled. They want the freedom. So they don't like to follow systems and processes. You have somebody who has a high individualistic. They want to be able to do things their way. They have a low economic 
because while they want the return on investment, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the freedom to be able to be themselves and not have to follow a process. So then they come into a company in which they say, in order to be successful, all you have to do is follow our process and do what we tell you to do and you'll make more money. So <laughs> the money doesn't motivate them. They want to do things their own way and they don't want to follow a process. In order to be successful, they're told to follow a process. Yeah, right. Right? I, I don't see I don't see what could possibly go wrong with that. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. If you bring somebody into a company who doesn't want to follow a process and you want to get them to follow a process, the low C is innovation. They like to create change. They like to make things new. But if you understand that that's who you have in your team as part of your company, right? And one of your team members, they don't like process. They have a high individualistic. They have to be able to do it their own way then tell them what to change in the process. So let's say you're supposed to be doing two exposures a day, right? But the thing is, is you do two exposures a day, but how you do those exposures is really up to you. You know, the thing is, is that most people do it by handing out a CD, handing out a link or something for people to do. But what I recommend is that you do it just a little bit differently than everybody else. What I want you to do is... You're literally giving them permission to be different than everybody else. You're still telling them to follow the system, but you're telling them they're different than everybody else if they do it this way, which gives them that flexibility they're looking for. Ooh, see that? Nuggets, people, I'm telling you. And what's nice about this, though, is as I've been going through this process myself, learning all of these pieces, you know, I, I don't... I don't read people without permission. (laughs) I mean, it will happen intrinsically, but I don't consciously go, Ooh, I think this person is a whatever. I think this, you know, because I do all the time. I I do all the time. But the thing is, is that I don't read people. I see people. It's gotten to the point where I naturally adapt my communication. And as much as you say, you don't do it without permission. You're right. You don't read people because read implies intent. But I've watched you over the last few months. There are a few people who I have taught this to who are as quick to grab it as you are. Like you're able to be able to adapt the communication. And you've called me with a profile and said, what do you think about this? And everything you nail, it's like, yeah, and then I did this and this. Okay, cool. So why'd you call me? Like (laughs) you, you pick this stuff up really easily, but it is. It is not about reading. Here's a challenge though. And I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but this is one of the things that's very important for people Mm -hmm. is they think if I understand it, I will be manipulating people. And they've got a negative connotation with the idea of manipulating people. Right. And, And I simply go, you're talking in a language that makes their experience better. Like, but yeah, but if I know them, I can get them to do... No, you cannot get someone to do something they don't want to do by adapting their communication. You can just not piss them off in the process. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it, it's, and it also has to do with your intent, right? If your intent is to get them, and I'm putting air quotes around that because, of course, this is a podcast. People can't see me doing that, right? If your intent is to get them then you've got the wrong intent going into it. You've got the wrong motivation in why you're learning to do DISC, why you're learning about your own motivators or, or your team's motivators or anything like that, right? It's, it's really about going, I want the best for them, but the way I can do what's best for them is understand who they are to be able to communicate with them in a way that they can actually understand what I'm talking about so that when they make a decision... When they make the decision, 
they've made the decision with all of the correct information because I've been able to present it in a way that they understand and want to move forward or say, yeah, thanks so much for thinking of me, but not a fit for me. Cool. Right. It, it, it's about that intent piece going into it, I think, as well. Well, and it's letting go of the attachment as well. The thing with a lot of network marketers is they get stuck on everybody needs to convert. And quite frankly, not everybody's a fit for your program or product. There are people who just don't believe in it. There are people who like the product and don't want to sell. There are people who are happy in their job and they don't want to go do something else. And that's okay. And if you build a good rapport and connection, you can get referrals from people who don't do business with you because you didn't make them feel bad about not doing business with you. When you make it okay for people to say no, you also make it okay for the people who said no to refer other people who might say yes or no. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so understanding all of this, I do have to say, knowing these kinds of things has helped me in conversations with potential clients, in conversations with not even potential clients, but just other people, because I'm better able to communicate in a way that they understand, like they, because I can begin to pick up on and, and, just like you said, it's it's not that I'm in, I'm not intentionally quote unquote reading people. It's just I inter- naturally now I'm doing it without even knowing I'm doing it because I I was already pretty decent at it <laughs> from the get go. But now to understand the personality type, the values, and the language that they're using has been very helpful with all of that. Now, oh, another piece though is you've put the time into understanding you. So when you're reading or you're interacting with other people, you also are aware of your habits because you default to yours Mm -hmm. as we all do. But because you've taken the time, and that's one of the reasons why your clients that have done the deeper than disc with you where they go through and they do the profile, the reasons why they've doubled their business is because they've been able to know who they are and how they communicate. And by adapting their natural tendencies to be more efficient, they've been able to get better results. But it's because you've been able to sit down with them and go, here, let me show you you so that you understand yourself at a deeper level. And that's allowed them to get the results that they've gotten. Oh, yeah. it's It's been amazing, too, because not only are they seeing themselves, I know who I'm coaching now with definitive quantitative you know, measures saying, based on their own self-reporting in this assessment, this is who your client consciously and subconsciously believes themselves to be. And so I'm able to then coach to that person rather than do the trial and error thing, which is kind of how I ended up doing some of my coaching in the beginning, because I was like, well, I think they might have some I tendencies, or I think they might be some S or C or whatever. Now I go, I know exactly who this person is, and I'm able to go through and really coach to that person individually. And so even in a group coaching setting where I've got multiple clients who've all gone through that process, as I talk to each one of them, I'm sure if I went back and watched, you could literally watch my pace shift, my languaging shift. (laughs) You would see it. I don't know that anybody else would know yet because they haven't gone through the, the DISC program. 
Right. Well, and it's interesting because you have gotten to a point where you are so fluid in being able to communicate with people. I mean, we were talking about one of the profiles that we ran and inside of it, they were having a high D driven for results focused on the outcome, but they were having trouble making decisions and taking actions. And you said, okay, so if I take a look at this profile and you pointed out, they have the high economic, what's in it for me, but they also had a high altruistic. So you said part of the problem is that the decision that they need to make has to do with the fact that it is going to rub some feathers and they don't want to do that. So that's hindering it. They also are feeling safe. And you said one of the things is that that higher D can be driven by baggage. They don't want to be taken advantage of and they don't feel that threat. So they're able to calm that D down a little bit because that portion that showed up on the test wasn't who they really were. And then you showed me on the attribute index, you see, they see all three perspectives. And it was just how you were able to break down. Yeah, the profile, if somebody who doesn't have the experience you have looks at it goes, I don't get why they're acting that way. You go, oh, that's cute here. Let me show you. It's because you've run so many profiles and you've done that process, but that's what makes the deeper than disc so important is that we don't see things. And that's really what I worked on teaching you and you've really taken it run with is the profiles are not a classification. They're a starting point to understand the spectrum of human performance and how we as leaders can be more influential by understanding our clients and having more empathy and connection to influence positive change and growth. Oh, yes, exactly. And we could talk about this all day. We seriously could. And it, I think we have a few I, days. <laughs> more than a few days. Well, yeah. And I, what I, but this is why I want to present this to, to the listener, right? To, to my badass crew is because I want, I want them to begin to understand that even if they've taken the disc before, because some of the conversations I've had with some of my clients was, well, I've already taken the disc. I took it at work. Can I just share, share my results with you? What's you can, the- they're not accurate. The bottom line is, is that they're not accurate. I work with companies like Intel, JLL. I've worked with Wells Fargo. I've worked with MGM, the resort casino place. I've worked with Charles Schwab. I've worked with real estate. Real estate's really my focus. Every single time, I'm having them take them every quarter because the results change. Somebody can have a positive, outgoing, gregarious, high eye experience. And all of a sudden, they had one person do one thing that affected their trust. Now, all of a sudden, they're more introspective and they're nervous and they're just not showing up as a high eye. And if they were to retest, you would see that 99 I is now a 30 I. And you don't know that because your profile is two years old. Mm, fascinating. Because I know I've taken it. Since the first time you had me take it with you, I've taken it three times. And many of my scores have remained fairly consistent. But what was interesting was I did have a complete switch of my S and my D. The first time I took it, my S was higher than my D. But every time I've taken it since, it's been switched. And it really comes down to what was going on literally in the world the first time I took it. The first time I took it was June of 2020. when. I was still supporting people in figuring out what the hell is going on in the world with this pandemic. What do I do? How do I handle my business? Now I'm stuck at home with my kids and my husband. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, I was going I was in, yeah, major. I was in major support mode at that point in time. Six months later, 
the world kind of figured out what was going on. My clients now had calmed down and had figured out what was going on. My SMID switched. And then six months later, took, took it again. And sure enough, my D is still higher than my S. I am a high I, high D, get stuff done with people in mind. And I'm going to do it my own damn way because I'm a low C. <laughs> right. But, and what's funny is, is like we spend so much time in the disc is the thing we talk about the most because it's the one most people know. Right. But the disc is the most fluid of the three assessments that we use. Mm. Intrinsic motivators are more stable than the attribute index, understanding how people filter information. We haven't even gotten into that, but really the, the deeper insight of why people do what they do and what are their natural talents. You see, weakness isn't real. I want to just make this point. Weakness yeah. isn't real. Weakness is manufactured by making your success dependent upon something you suck at. So the better you know what you're good at and what you suck at, the more you can look at the systems and processes and go, how do I mitigate my weakness with people or process to be able to develop success? The truly successful people are authentic. But in order to have authenticity, you have to know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, what's the problem is, is people think they do. That's right. why I call it, you don't know disc is because they think, oh, I'm a D, I'm a this. And I go, I've heard it from some of the top names, Eric Thomas, John Maxwell, they all have these trainings and they go, a low D can't make a decision to save their ass. Yes, they can. That's not true. A low D with enough time and enough information can make a quality decision that's the right decision based upon the environment. But the problem is, is that a high D judges a low D based upon their model of the world. You have a low I. They're not at growing. They don't like talking to people. No, put them in an environment in which they've gotten to know people. And all of a sudden, now they're outgoing and social. Why? Because the threat of an experience isn't there because they now feel safe and comfortable. So now you have an, a low I who's outgoing. Or how about this? You have the high I who's outgoing, rigorous, loves talking to people. Right. They're an extrovert, right? Wrong. Nope. You see, people think a high eye is an extrovert. No, a high eye is outgoing and social, but an extrovert gains energy from it. But you can have, and this is going to resonate with a lot of the network marketers, is you have a high eye who's an introvert, which means you, the listener, are really good at going out and talking to people and socializing, but you have to recharge by being alone. You have a close group of friends that are deep relationships. So you feel broken because they say extroverts get recharged by being around people. So you constantly keep yourself around people. You're not an extrovert. You're an outgoing high I who is an introvert and needs self-time to recharge. You need to know that about you. Yes, exactly. And that's and and I literally just had that conversation this weekend with some people who had never heard of DISC before. And I was talking about it and, and the conversation came up. Well, does that mean that they're, they're extroverted? I was like, oh, no, no, no. Extroversion, introversion, not even addressed in this assessment because it has nothing to do with your behavior tendencies are not, well, okay, I can see them, but it won't necessarily happen unless I can see the values, unless I can see the, the, the attributes, how they process information, because that's what's going to begin to tell me if they recharge their batteries by being around other people or being alone. How do they process information by being around other people or being alone? That like, that's they what, see what makes the situation unique. Are they good at knowing what needs to be done? Do they understand the big picture? Which monitor are they looking at? 
the attribute index, which we haven't done a lot of talk about, really lets you understand, is the person good at taking action and what are their blind spots? What are the things that they're not going to see? There are some people who are really good at reading people and understanding people. There are others who it's a blind spot. They don't know how people are feeling. And unless they slow down, here's the thing, they're really good at it. But they have to slow down and be intentional or they don't see it. They've got the high score, but it's monitors behind them. Mm -hmm. That's what these assessments show. Right, exactly. And so without having that, you're just going off of what you think. And I I am talking to the listener right now. (laughs) You are going off of what you think you are rather than what a nice balanced outside of you assessment knows you are. Well, I would go even one step further. They're not acting about what they think they are. They're acting on autopilot out of habit and choice. They don't even know that they're making a decision. They don't even know. They, They think I should be motivated by money because money is what I want. I want more money. I want to be able to buy the car. I want to have the trips. I want all these things. Right. But the problem is, is that while you want them consciously, you have no intrinsic motivation for it, which means you're going to find every excuse under the sun to fulfill your needs before you fulfill the conscious desires which is why you're not out there taking action, which is why you're not getting uncomfortable, which is why you're not having the conversation and why you can't get your butt to do follow-up calls. Mm, Exactly. So what this leads me to is the fact that I, I wanted you guys to understand all of this because I do have the webinar coming up on November 17th of 2021. Money doesn't motivate me. I'm going to dig into all of this way deeper than we have time to today because it's a full 45 minutes on just why money doesn't motivate, why it doesn't work. Because my assessment so far, I've been tracking. I've literally been going in and you know, very protective of client identity, but just tracking the numbers of what I'm seeing. 86% of the network marketers, direct sellers, and MLM professionals that I have done assessments with 86%, 86.7, if we're going to be really exact, because high C's and high D's want that exact number. 86.7% have a low value when it comes to economic. And by low, I mean well below the standard deviation of what is considered normal when, when compared across everybody who's ever taken this assessment ever in the history of ever. So now we got to go, okay, what's going to get, what's going to get me going? Well, we won't know until we have the conversation. So please go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com forward slash motivation in order to sign up. It's a complimentary webinar where we're just going to dig in deeper and give you the opportunity to learn about this. So I so appreciate that. Alex, thank you for coming here and digging deeper than just DISC because it's important to know about the values and the attributes, how people perceive information. Thank you for sharing this. Of course. I do have to say, if anyone has any doubts or any idea about wanting to find some more information out, Jenny has just absolutely taken the time, taken the energy, dove in deep. And it's so fun to have these conversations because it's really, even though I started working on this stuff, it's like I'm talking to a peer every single time because she has put so much time and energy and effort into really mastering this stuff and hearing the stories. Like she's not going to brag about the clients who are doubling their income or the clients who have doubled their team size or tripled their team size because all of a sudden they learned how to retain their team. Like 
if you don't understand what you're doing, get on the phone, talk to Jenny, because she's absolutely amazing. Aw, thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate you. You're awesome. I heard you too. Well, that's great. Well, thank you again for you taking time out of your busy day. I so appreciate you. And of course, Badass Crew, you know, stay tuned because there is another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.